Hi guys. Welcome back to No Filter. Episode four. Number one. This is Patty. And uh yeah. So excited <laughs> to be back. These things keep on keep on going. I'm nervous. <laughs> I just keep getting butterflies. I know. Every time we're about to record, it's like I'm nervous or Rowan's nervous and um but I like it. I like that feeling. Yeah. I mean, I don't it's think exciting. it's... exciting. Yeah. It's never going to go away just because we're, like, putting ourselves out there. Yeah. And um, and I feel like I, we always start an episode with kind of, like, where we want it to go and it... It just goes totally different, which isn't a bad thing. Which is life. So you can't <laughs> yeah. plan everything. Um, so, yeah. Here we are. Um, I think one of... Again, we've been still getting feedback from you guys, which we want to keep getting forever and ever. Yeah. Um, and I think one of the things that we've noticed most is uh, people want us, which is really what our intentions were from this podcast, but it's, yeah. you know, harder to, to like, get into it right away, but want us to share more of our personal sides and our own personal experiences and stories and all of that, uh, which, you know, we want to share, but it's just... You know, now we're finally getting there. <laughs> yeah, we're starting to figure out the <clears throat> the method and what you guys like to hear, what you don't hear, what you appreciate hearing. Um, and again, that's all because you guys give us the feedback and the comments and um, the emails and all that stuff and the love and let us know exactly. You guys are honest. You tell us when we suck. <laughs> but that's a good thing and we love it. So thank you and keep doing it. Um, yeah. So, okay, I guess that brings us to the episode. <laughs> now I guess we have to start talking about our fucking emotions. Um, so, I guess a weekly recap. Um, I don't know, same old shit, but so last night I, you know, smoked some weed. And sometimes, you know, I get high and I get in my feelings and I start thinking about things and whatever. And um, I've always been into into writing like ever since I was younger I've I've written a lot and I I stopped for a long time and I think in the last like year or two I started just writing again and just getting my thoughts and emotions on paper and I've been sharing those things a little more on Instagram um and so yeah last night I I was just thinking about certain things that have are just going on that are relevant in my life right now and I came across a quote um, at, like, the perfect timing, um, and it said, don't let someone, don't give someone the opportunity to waste your time twice. So, you know, if someone wastes your time the first time, shame on them. They They waste your time a second time, shame on you. Um, I mean, I'm a big believer in, like, second chances and all of that, but I think that when you see a pattern, you can't ignore that. And uh, so, yeah. So I was just thinking about that, and um, and I guess I'll just read what I posted on Instagram. I've never done this. I've never read my writing out loud, but that's also another thing that I've been encouraged to do by some people. So here it goes. <laughs> um <clears throat> Timeless, yet my time's expensive. Time is money, but you can't expense this. If there's one thing my dad taught me, it's about money and how to save it. So if my time is money, why would I ever let someone waste it? He gave me a self-worth that'll put the next man in debt. So don't fuck with my time if you're not willing to invest. Bitch better have my money, and I'm charging interest. (laughs) (laughs) Snaps. (laughs) So... Yeah, I don't know. I guess I was just thinking, um, I don't even know where to begin with, like, my thoughts and, like, why I wanted to write this or what brought me to this or whatever, but I guess it all kind of starts or goes back to my self-awareness and my beginning of my, like, awakening and, like, my enlightenment that I've been kind of going through. Um, And I think that it's happened, I I can't say there's like a major event or a major turn in my life that like woke me up or... Your aha moment. Yeah, or was the reason (laughs) for my like spiritual awakening or whatever. Um, But I do know that it happened um, 
two years ago, and it happened when I moved to the city and I left my comfort zone here in, in Danbury, and I um, just opened my life up to the possibility of anything. Um, with the, I- the idea and feelings in mind and with a, a, a vision in mind, you know, I didn't just move for whatever. Like, I had a goal and things that I wanted to do and whatever. And I think once I... I started admitting to myself the things that I wanted in life, they started to unfold. So a good two, a little over two years now, um, I've just been in my evolving stage and uh, self-development and like digging deeper and like thinking back about my childhood and um, just all the things that have shaped me into the person I am. I think that I'm, I am blessed to be very self-aware and know what makes me me and why I, I, I feel the way I feel at times or the way I act at times. And, um, I think that's a really great trait to have. And you only get that from just learning more about yourself and the, and the things that you like and you love. So, um, yeah, I was just thinking about like my parents and the, the, the struggles they went through, and I, I'm a first-generation um, child. I'm Lebanese. Both my parents were born in Lebanon, and they came here at a young age. My dad came. He escaped the war. He came when he was 18 years old to go to school and then went back to Lebanon, met my mom. They got married, and then and they came here. And um, I, I don't think I ever thought about what big of a fucking deal that is. Yeah. You know? And I think I started realizing it when we started talking about, like, moving Moving, to L.A. And people would ask me, like, well, what's your plan? Like, do you have a job set up? Do you whatever? Like, and all I could think of was, why why do I need to have a concrete plan? Like, what? I I have a... a goal. I have reasons for wanting to leave, but why should it be based on a job or security when mm-hmm. my parents never had that idea in their in their brain? Like they left a country. My mom came here and had to learn English. Like, yeah. If my parents could do it, I think I can go to California and just <laughs> to another state. <laughs> to another state in this country. The same language and use the same money and, and the same culture yeah. and all of that and 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 figure it out. Um, and yeah, and then I was just thinking about like my family dynamic and my parents and the type of, I I think that I'm blessed to say that I, I'm a pretty balanced person and I think it's because of my parents and I get, and just, um, my, how my idea of like love has changed over the years and how I can understand how people show and express love in different ways. Um, and that it's not necessarily... Oh, my God, I'm getting choked up. <laughs> oh, my God. We just started. I know. <laughs> but when I talk about my parents, I get emotional. Um, all right, let me just breathe for a second. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I was just thinking about, like, my dad, for instance, my dad is not a very um, emotional kind of guy. Like, he doesn't express his emotions with words. He's never been like, like, I've heard my dad literally say, I love you. I can probably count on two hands, you know, mm-hmm. throughout my life as, you know, I'm sure when I was younger or whatever, but from what I can remember, um, it's not like, that's not the dynamic we have. And I think growing up, I was like, that's something that I always kind of craved. Mm-hmm. But I got it from my mom, luckily. You know, my parents are still together. They, they're they married. They've been married for a long time. And um, even their just way of showing love to each other is not like your romantic fairy tale way. Like, I never had that kind of love in front of my face where it's, like, affectionate and, like, um, touchy and whatever. Um, and... I used to think like, oh, well, what's like, what's wrong with what's wrong here? Do they really like love each other or whatever? And um, as I get older, I realize, you know, you don't have to show love in those ways. There's different ways to show to show love and express love without saying it. Um, and I think that sometimes people say it and don't mean it, and I and that's what I'm starting to learn. And it's like your actions speak louder than words. And so my dad, you know, was never that emotional, but. I realized that he showed love in so many other ways. Like, he's such a 
noble man, and um, he really supports our family. Oh. <laughs> oh, I hate this. And yeah, so he's provided for us. Um, and I think that is a true testament to his love, because what the fuck? <laughs> Just take a deep breath. Because uh, he just, he didn't have to, you know? And I'm realizing that. I think I grew up thinking, like, oh, he did all of this because, like, he has to because he's my dad. Yeah. But he he didn't. Because no. I see other families and I see that they didn't have those things. And I realized, like, that was his way of showing his love. Um. And I think I took that for granted. And I think as I get older, um, I realize it more and I'm appreciative. And then I have the other side from my mom who was very emotional, who always expressed, like, her love and, like, said it and showed it and was affectionate. And um, I'm just very happy <laughs> to have had that balance in my life. And I realize it more now that I'm older. And I realize, um, like I said in my post, like my dad was always big on money and security. And, you know, that was always his thing. Like when we talked about things, it was always about school and your grades and what I'm doing to take the steps to like have a secure future for myself and my job and like the t and money and this and that. And I think ha hearing, having those conversations all the time, I was like, okay, well, what, what the fuck? Like, can we talk about something else? But now as I'm like older and I think he sees that I am mature and I'm responsible and I've I've taken into consideration the things that he's taught me money-wise and um, how to be responsible and um, whatever. Um, I don't even... Oh, I don't even know what I was just gonna... Where I was going with that. <laughs> I'm like losing track. I'm like getting really like worked up here. Um, but well, um, just... Just having that example um, and that that kind of, like, now I think he sees, now he starts saying things like, well, money comes and goes, but as long as you're doing what you love. And that makes me feel good now that I feel like sometimes we, like, now that I'm older, I feel like now I'm the teacher and now I'm kind of being the parent in a way. Mm -hmm. And now they're learning a lot of things from me. Mm -hmm. um, and he's learning that life is short and that while I appreciate the ha want, you know him wanting me to be secure of course what father doesn't want that for his daughter I think he's starting to realize like me pursuing uh, my passions and doing the things that I love is more important than just having a job to have a job just to pay the bills um and stuff and, and that and um and then, you know, just having that, you know, having my dad hold me up to that kind of pe pedestal. I know he doesn't, like, express it, but I know, obviously, how he feels about me. And, he, you know, guy's ever good enough. And I think my dad has always um, taken care of us in that way so that I never had to depend on anyone else or um, another man or whatever. Um, to do anything for me. My dad's always done the things that I needed or given me the things that I needed, but enough freedom to have my own independence and do things on my own too. Like I've worked since I was 16. I've never asked them for money for things that, you know, whatever. Obviously putting a roof over my head and giving me a car was like enough. Um, so yeah, so that's just like about my post and just realizing that as I get older and my idea of relationships and what I want out of a relationship and now that I'm starting to think more about not necessarily settling down, but being open to that idea as I get mature and just establishing a foundation, yeah, for like I don't and whatever that means, yeah, for you. and just even even just with guys in general, like obviously you know you have your fun stage where you you have a good time or whatever, and that's all great. But I think I'm getting reaching a, a point in my life where um, that's not fun anymore. Mm -hmm. And I, not that I want like a commitment, but I want c consistency and I think I deserve that. And just like a, res a mutual respect from another person mm -hmm. to not waste my time and vice versa. And I think that time, 
time is money and time is an investment and whatever time you put into anything is an investment and I just don't think that at this point and stage in my life I don't need to entertain guys or things that aren't going to evolve into something anything you know any type and not even just intimate relationships even just friends like I don't I'm not going to entertain any half-ass things in my life you know um and so that's where I'm at right now well the money thing and like wasting your time and investing in stuff is like what Chelsea was saying um in her messages after you posted your yeah your Instagram post, um, which I thought was really interesting. Um, yeah, I mean, and that's like, I guess that's another thing that I, I learned from my, my parents and my dad and that was instilled in me. Like we, I was never poor, but we were never wealthy. Mm-hmm. I was always comfortable. Mm-hmm. My, my dad did a very good job and my mom was a stay at home mom. Um, and even that, like when I was younger, I would, maybe that's what's kind of <clears throat> shaped me into w- having so much pride and not wanting people to do things for me and, like, wanting to be so independent because I think, like, okay, my mom was a stay-at-home mom and that is a full-time job. Like, that, to run a household is insane. And um, I don't think I gave her that enough cr- credit when I was younger because I think in the back of my head, I saw other families and other moms, like, working, and I was like, well, why can't, why don't, you know, like, why don't you have a job? Yeah. And I, and then, like, then I saw my dad working, and, like, my dad obviously appreciates my mom for raising, you know, his kids or whatever and all that, but arguments, certain arguments that would stem, you know, his kind of attack or, like, the thing he would use against her is, like, well, you don't, you're not bringing any money to yeah. the table. Mm-hmm. And that was always some... And he didn't mean it. It was just always, you know, when you get angry, you say things out of yeah. anger that you know is going to hurt Which is a common someone. argument. And and I would just... I'm going to take a stab and say 90% of marriages. Yeah. <laughs> even if somebody else... Even if the other spouse is working, if they're not bringing in as much, like yeah. that's... I mean, money is like... 99% of the arguments within a relationship, married, boyfriend, girl, like, whatever it is, yeah. you know? And so. it was never, like, a problem, but it was, like, when they would have, like, big fights, yeah. it was it was that low blow that he would take because he knew it, it yeah. hurt her. That last... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which, yo, I'm so, I'm so a product of my parents, like, 100%. <laughs> like, 100% I am them in every sense of the word. I've got pieces of them in me, like, crazy. But yeah. So that was, like, always something that I, like, dealt with, and I never, ever wanted any man to ever be able to say some shit like that to me. Yeah. You know? It, was, it hurt me to hear it, and then it got in the back of my head, and then it was, like, something that I would project onto her when she would piss me off, and it's like... Yo, being a stay-at-home mom is a fucking full-time job. Yeah, it is. You know? Like, and we all know that. We all realize that. Me, my dad, all of us, we realize it. But then you you just say hurtful things at yeah. times. Um, so that's, like, one thing I never wanted. And I, I, I will say, though, that I always had everything that I needed. Um, I never questioned um, anything. Like, you know, my dad always provided everything we needed. And I think that has helped me um appreciate things more mm-hmm. um I don't know even just like Christmas and, and and birthdays it was like we always I always younger when I was younger like I never asked for things but for Christmas and birthdays you ask for a gift and like that's when I would get what I wanted like I wasn't spoiled mm-hmm. but they did everything they could to give us what we needed and wanted and um not having material things and not being spoiled and not and and being instilled with a, a work ethic and being being shown firsthand that like you if you want something you have to work for it um, and you can get the things that you want if you work for it and like my dad came here without anything and he has a house five cars like he's not a fucking millionaire with a mansion but he has everything that he needs and yeah. he did what he could for his family. And he gave us the opportunity to now, as a first-generation child, to, like, it's a huge responsibility now, I think about it. And I'm like, fuck, my parents did all of this. They sacrificed all of this. Not for me to just sit on my ass and, like, settle down or, like, settle or not be 
have anything to show for it. Yeah, or, like, strive to my fullest potential. Yeah. You know? But with that, it's also, like... It's a huge responsibility and a lot of pressure to be able to live up to that, especially being a child of, like, immigrant parents, because I am as well. Both my parents are from Dominican Republic, and they came here um, when they were, like, in their late teens, early 20s, and raised us and did what they had to do. You know, the same, the same thing. But in today's world, success is something different. Like, the American dream is something different. Yeah. For us kids, like, it's something different. Like, it's following your dreams. Yeah. It's, like... You know, for us, in whatever way, being creative or, like, um, I just had this conversation today where we were talking about, like, marriage and stuff, and, and there was, we were talking about money and how, like, having a foundation and stuff, and I was like, or if we, ha- if we were rich, like, what would we do? And somebody was saying, you know, I just, like, if I had a nice house and a couple cars, I was like, I don't even want a house. Like, that's not my dream. Like, I, would, I wouldn't want to be filthy rich. Like, sure, that'd be nice, but, like, I would just want enough money to to build my own foundation, whatever that means, to be able to get up and go whenever I want. Yeah. You know, like, I don't want enough money to, like, have a house and a mortgage and, like, be paying that and never be able to go anywhere. Like, that my, like, my parents, you know, they bought a house, they're about to pay it off in, like, a couple months and they've been paying for it for, like, 18 years. You know, they're about to own their first piece of property in America and it took them 18 years to do that and they worked their asses off to do it, but that's not my dream. Like, that's not what I strive to complete to accomplish like have a house and have to stay there you know so I think it's just like different in today's world you know it's a lot of pressure and stuff to be able to be successful but success means something different and I think that that's also like a conversation and sometimes even an argument that a lot of kids today have with their parents where it's like to you this isn't successful what I'm doing right now but it's it's kind of equivalent to what you you know your dreams when you came here you know yeah to a certain extent so I mean you just have to be able to understand that like you have to change with the times and like just figure out what your dream is and your in your your focus and your end goal is yeah and it's also coming to terms what into what success means to you yeah you know and I think that um I think that that's something that, like, both my parents are starting to realize. Mm-hmm. And I think, in a way, I bring out the things in them that they kind of lost sight in. Like, mm-hmm. we were all, you know, they were, they were kids once. They had their own, like, yeah. dreams and the things that they wanted to accomplish. And I think um, the real world happened. And obviously it happened sooner and earlier and and. Um, right, and you adapt. Tougher for them than it did for me. Mm-hmm. Obviously, thank God, because of them. You know, they they came here to give us an easier life, which which they did. Oh, yeah. Um, and I think that their biggest concern is just to make sure that we're good, you know? And I think, obviously, they would want w- that to happen sooner than later. And I think their idea of success is stability mm-hmm. and security, and every parent wants that for their kids. Um and I don't think it's intentional when they um, kind of – I don't think they intentionally discourage you from not following your dreams because I think it's just about security. I think that when you say you want – like for me, like I want to act and I want to do you know this or that and I want to travel and whatever. And I, I think that sometimes they lose sight of what you're real ultimately getting out of just pursuing your dreams you know, just the, the process. It's mm-hmm. like the the thing, the learning that comes through just the process of figuring out what you want to do. And yeah, I think my, my dad is starting to realize that corporate America and all of these ideas of security and stability is, doesn't mean anything if you're not doing what you love to do. And I think he's realizing that I wasn't made to sit at a desk and I wasn't made to live in a corporate life and to wake up and clock in, you know, nine to five. Although now I work 9 p.m. to 5 a.m. But like, (laughs) I'm happy doing that because I enjoy doing that. You know, it's, I'm not complaining. Um, So yeah, it's just been a lot of learning these last two years, and I think, and it's been really beautiful to see um, my dad soften up. He's becoming more of a softy, and he is now saying "I love you" more and expressing himself more. And I think it took me 
saying those things to him because I think I realized I didn't tell my dad those things growing up. Like, I was a rebellious teenager, and it's a struggle when you're a first generation to, like, find that balance of, Mm -hmm. like, you know, keeping those cultural morals and values that your parents are trying to instill in you, but then also, like, trying to be your own person and Mm -hmm. figuring yourself out and your place in this world and, and all of that. And, um... Yeah, I'm very happy about the place I am right now in my life with my parents and all the things that they've taught me and all the things that I'm starting now to take into consideration and appreciate and value and um, I'm becoming more of the woman I think they wanted me to be. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> Word. Yeah. Cheers to that. I got Cheers. one sip left. <laughs> well, I can give you more. <laughs> we got some wine here, kids. <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah, and I swear I'm not on my period. Oh, my God. I just... Guys are going to stop listening. We keep mentioning periods. <laughs> I know, for real. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, I've always been like this. I, this yeah. is what we talk about all the yeah, time. No, of Patty course. and I sit, and we talk, and we cry, and we, <laughs> you know, we do all of this stuff, and... I don't really cry. And... <laughs> <I'm> just kidding. <laughs> Only in the last couple of years. <laughs> well, that's how when you I think you started your own awakening. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. I think we both had the same kind of time frame. I think which is crazy. Yeah, yeah. I think we're helping each other evolve. Yeah, I mean, you definitely balance me out. Aw, you do, boo. You're so sweet. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, I definitely had the same kind of time frame. I think we've definitely done it very, very differently, which is oh, fine. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, we definitely do learn from each other. And, um, I mean, I guess coming off of that, I can talk about kind of like my journey, um, which is still happening every single day and will continue to happen every single day and evolving and, and mm-hmm. you know, becoming more enlightened and more understanding of everything that, that goes on in the world. But um, just a little background story. So, you know, same thing. My parents are from Dominican Republic, like I said earlier. Um, and I, you know, had the same battles of just being, you know, a first generation and trying to fit in with the kids at school, all the American kids at school, and but trying to, but then having to go home and be like super Dominican. Yeah. And um, I mean, I grew up in Catholic school from kindergarten to eighth grade, so I was literally the only Spanish person in my class. Uh. Um, and in the school, my cousins and me were like the only Spanish people in the whole school. <laughs> so um, that was really different. And you know, but I like it. I liked that I had both sides. I liked that Hell I had, yeah. yeah, I went home, I fucking chowed down on some bomb-ass food, <laughs> like, I listened to some dope-ass music, like, merengue and all that stuff, and then I would go to school, and I would be in the American culture, you know? So I think I got, like, the best of both worlds. Mm-hmm. Um, whatever, fast forward, high school, college, um, graduated. Before I even graduated, I ended up getting a job at um, a, a very... Uh, top pharmaceutical company and I interned for them for one summer and then they asked me to come back and stay there so I did and I ended up staying there for six years and securing a full-time job and all that stuff and the first four years or so um, I lived in the city and I was still going to school so it it wasn't as much of a a burden and and as much stress um, as the last two years were because I decided um, I made the decision to move back home um, in order to help my family in certain transitions that they were going through, um, because I felt like I owed it to them to come back home and and help them through the the issues they were going through. Um, I mean, my parents were separating. My sister had a son um, before that, but he, whatever. Um, and so all that stuff happened. So then, in my last two years at the company, um, I was commuting back and forth from Danbury, Connecticut to New York City every day. Four hours of my day were spent commuting every single day, Monday through Friday. And that takes a fucking toll on you. Mm -hmm. That on your body, on your mind, on your soul, like it just, it really, really, really wears you out. And I would sit on that Metro North train and I would just look at people and I would hear their stories or talk to them. And there's people that have been doing it for 20, 30 years, Mm -hmm. commuting every single day for 20, 30. Do you know how much time that is? 
Time is money. That's, Four hours yeah. a day for 20 years. Yeah. I can't do math that fast, but that's a lot. Dude, when I was interning <laughs> at MTV, I did it only twice a week, and I couldn't. It's I couldn't just, I was like, no, I could it was never hard. do this. Yeah, it was really hard, but I was getting paid. I was getting paid. I was getting paid very, very well, and that's what kept me there because at the same time... Um, you know, I was I was doing it for my family, and to them, me being in the position that I was in, in the company that I was in, and on the road that I was on in the company, that was the ultimate success to them. None of my parents, neither of my parents, um, graduated college. Um, you know, they graduated high school. My dad did a little bit of college before he moved to America, but, you know, I was the first one to graduate college. My sister didn't do it. And so it was, it was a big deal. And for me to be in such a place, it was a big deal. So to me, like I couldn't imagine letting them down. But at the end of the day, two years ago, or even far before that, every day I would wake up like today's a day. I'm just going to quit. I'm just going to quit. I'm just going to quit. I'm going to get my resignation letter. Like this is going to be it. I'm done. And I just would never do it because the paychecks would just keep coming. And I thought that that's what that would keep me happy. But at the end of the day, like it didn't, it really didn't. And I was losing time. I was losing time with my family. I was losing time with my nephew, who is like the light of my life. And I couldn't take it anymore. Like I was missing everything. I was missing his kindergarten plays or whatever. And like his soccer games and this or that. And, you know, although I was going to work every day from a certain time, the position that I was in, you're still on call 24-7. Like, they can hit up that BlackBerry anytime they want. Anytime, you know, and I was working in communications with, you know, media relations and things like that. So anytime there's, like, press release has to drop or something major happens in the news, like, you're on call no matter what. Um, so it was just a lot. And towards the end, me and Ron had talked about, you know, taking a trip to Europe finally and, like, exploring the rest of the world outside of North America and, you know, our respective countries. And I was, I was at the point where I was done and I was ready to be out, but that trip and those conversations is what I was just like, all right, like, this is it. I remember the day we were at Bamboo and I remember us meeting up to have dinner and I remember you breaking down. And I was like, oh, my God. And at that time, Patty really didn't cry that much, like, yeah. in front of people Oh, that was when I told you me. I wasn't going to move. No. It was when you told me that you were just really, you had it with your job. And really? um, you couldn't take it anymore. Yeah. And you just wanted to quit. And you couldn't do the corporate world. And I felt like a robot. Yeah. And I was I, a robot. <laughs> and you had people in your ear that were like, are you sure this is the right yeah, idea or whatever? Of course. And, because it was, it. I mean, it was very rare to have somebody that young, because I started there when I was 20. I was the youngest person in my group, and one of the youngest people, there was maybe three other kid, kids at the time, that were that young that, you know, held such positions in the company. So it was a big deal, you know? And it takes a lot to leave that. And, I mean, I'm glad that I finally did it, because I got my sanity back. But, um... It was definitely took a lot, a lot to do it, but I literally, and I kept saying I was going to do it that week or that month, and I would just go to work, and I would just, you know, go about my day, and I would never do it, and one morning, I just woke up, and I just pulled out my laptop, and I wrote my resignation letter, and I went to work, and I booked a meeting with my t two managers or whatever, and we sat in a room, and I just told them, I was like, I'm leaving, and they did not expect it at all, the look yeah. of shock in their faces, because to certain people, it's just like, what are you doing? Like, like someone would kill for that job. They would. Position. Yeah. No, of course. And especially that yeah. young where you can only go up from there. Yeah. And they were like, are you crazy? Like, I mean, they didn't literally say it in those words, but they're, it was just like, are you sure this is what you want to do? Like, you're going to leave this. And I was like, yep, this is, I'm just, I'm not happy. Like, yeah. I'm not happy. <laughs> So, you know, I did, and then I went back to my desk, and I booked our, t we booked our tickets to go to Europe. Yeah. And that was, like, the most, like, literally, I felt like a huge, giant stone, like, cathedral building just, like, got swiped off my back. 
And I was just like, all right, like, I don't know what the fuck I'm about to do, but I'm going to go to Europe in like three days for two weeks. And then when I come back, I don't know what I'm going to do because <laughs> I didn't have a job lined up. Like mm-hmm. I just, and I had always been taught, like, you don't leave a job unless you have another one. Yeah. You know, like you don't do that. And so it was like a really big deal for me. And I like, now I'm like even thinking about it and I'm like cringing inside. <laughs> I mean, I'm happy about it, but, like, I'm remembering how I felt at the time. Right. I'm just like, oh, my God, I can't believe that happened. Well, because it's stressful. I mean, the idea of the unknown, especially when you're in a comfortable place and you are making good money and all of that. Like, yeah. To, like, leave security, leave comfort. Yeah, And not exactly. know what's going to happen is it, yep. really scary, but you took a leap of faith. And yeah. I can – I – will say that you are in a very different emotional space oh my God. in these last few years than <laughs> you were when you were at that job. And you know what? It wasn't even that apparent because you're really good at just, like, um, internalizing things. And yeah. you never really expressed that much how unhappy you were. So when you did that day and you broke down, I didn't even realize, like, how unhappy you were yeah. at your job. And I think it was, like, probably one of your first times really admitting it out loud to someone else. Yeah, probably. Um, so... And I think I just remember telling you to just do whatever made you happy. Yeah. I mean, you You and another friend of mine were definitely the two that were just like, you're going to figure it out. Like, it'll be fine. Like, don't worry about it, you know? I didn't even tell my parents that I quit my job. (laughs) Yeah, I remember you were scared to tell them. Like you're like, I just booked a trip to Europe and I'm about to come back and not make any money. Like, what am I doing? Like, I did not tell them because I knew, I mean, obviously I figured, you know, they were going to be disappointed and upset and then they were going to ask me every day, so did you uh, find another job? Are you applying for jobs? And that did. That happened for about three months and then I think they slowly started realizing because then I just went back to waitressing and bartending and I mean, I did apply for some jobs, but you know, and they didn't work out for a reason. And some of them, like, I really thought about, should I take it? Should I go back to the corporate world? Like, it's closer to home. It's not that bad. Like, I can stack some money. Mm -hmm. But I just, you know, it didn't work out for a reason. And I just, I'm glad that it didn't. And, you know, and now my parents finally, I think after a few months, are just like, all right. (laughs) I think she's not going back. So, and it's not like I'm, you know, you just have to change your way of living and your lifestyle. Because it was like, I was saving some money, but I was also making enough that I could just like be like, all right, let's just go here this weekend. Like, let's take a flight here. Let's go. And we were traveling like every month yeah. for a year. Yeah. <laughs> like We did have a really heavy traveling We were year. killing it for like a year and a half. And those are some of the best times ever. And like, I think like towards the last year, I think that's when I was just like, okay, like, I know that I'm going to quit soon. I don't know when, but I'm just going to take this money and I'm just going to, now that I have it and I can, like, Mm -hmm. I'm just going to go and, like, travel and see the world and different places and stuff like that. And, um, yeah, so, I mean, now, like, I mean, I'm not struggling. I'm not hurting. I don't ask my parents for shit. And I'm okay. I just think differently about my money. Like, I just am a little bit more conscious about it. And I do without so many other things. Like, I was shopping every day. Like, I would go on my lunch break in the city, like, around Grand Central. When you Central. had that job, yeah. Yeah, and just go and buy, come back to work with bags of, like, clothes and shoes I remember and when everything. I had my shopping addiction phase. Yeah. Um, for sure. And I, I'm so not there anymore. Yeah, yeah. I'm, it's an addiction. It is. It really is there a problem. There was a period of time right after college. It was, like, my second year at, at the company or whatever, and... I didn't do laundry for I don't know how long because I would just go and keep buying clothes. <laughs> like, that's how bad it got. Yeah. It's a trap, though. It's, I mean, the service industry is definitely a trap. You always have to keep that, like, bigger picture in mind because it is very easy to get caught up in the life and the money. Oh, my God, yeah. It's great money. Good it's money. great fucking money, you know? And that's, that's one of the reasons I, I do it. It's not just about the money because... A lot of people think that it's this glamorous, whatever, you're making all this money, whatever. We do a lot of shit. Oh, my God. We got to put up with a lot of shit, and people don't realize that. But, you know, that we'll get into that in, a in another episode. <laughs> I was like, wait, that's are we talking whole, about this today? No, I'm a little jaded a from to- my day. <laughs> you know, that's a whole topic on its own um, yeah. for another episode. But um, I think th- what the service industry does that would be relatable to our conversation we're having now is it gives you the freedom freedom and flexibility with your schedule 
and it does and there's no routine. Yeah. And I think routine is like one of the biggest things that I mm-hmm. oh, I cringe about thinking about. Not that like oh I'm like this like I'm just floating in space like whatever. Well, no, but do you remember this article I sent you a while ago from like Thought Catalog? And it, I don't know. Did I ever actually send it to you? It was like something about having a routine every day, but having a routine every day doesn't mean you do the same thing every day. Yeah. I gotta find that. No. That was a good one. I don't think... Let me note that down. I really want to find it now. That was a really good one. It was just saying, like, how you should have structure and have um, a routine. Like, get up and, like, you know, you should work out every day or read 20 pages from a book every day or something. But it's not, like, the same monotonous, like... Thing. Every day at the same time. This, yeah. that, and third. But just have, like, five things that you know you're going to do every day. Yeah. You know, whether yeah, it's reading course. a book, meditating, eating a certain food. Mm-hmm. Um, There's definitely structure to my life, but I yeah, know that. Structure, not yeah. um, routine. Yeah, exactly. Routine is, oh, gosh, I couldn't. I know people who are like, oh, it's 11 o'clock. I have to go to sleep now because now I have to. No, I, I just I just can't live that way. I no. mean, one, I'm not a morning person, so corporate life is just not for me. I mean, I can wake up in the morning if I'm doing something I really love yep. or, like, something that I'm... Oh, my God. My mom says that to me all the time. That I'm, <laughs> you know, something that's really benefiting me. But for me to wake up to go work for the man and clock in and just make someone else richer, I mean, obviously, that's what we all do when we're working. We're working for someone. But, being, you know, being a bottle waitress and whatever, like, I have fun and I get yeah. to meet people and I get to talk to people and I get to learn about other people and hear their stories and um, and and make connections yeah. and, and they affect me and how I live my life and all of that. And I would never get that sitting at a desk. I would never yeah. get that doing. Even within the service industry, though, because, like, like, a lot of people ask me for my different jobs, like, because I, I work at a bar, like, it's a dive bar, and then I work at a restaurant. It's not high class, but it's just, like, a little mm-hmm. nicer. And people always ask me about my other job, you know, at either place that I am. And, like, my answer is, like, I love it. Like, I like being able to come here three days a week and go there three days a week and split up the time because there's so many different people that come in and out of both places. Yeah. But there's not the same people that would go to both places. Right. Do you know what I mean? For sure. That's, like, with me because I work yeah. at Vandal and then I work at House, which is a nightclub. So I a cocktail waitress and it's a little more like a restaurant vibe and chill and sexy mature but then house is like a hip-hop like nightclub and it's straight party and like whatever and I get and I love the balance yeah I love having both because if I was in one place and dealing with that that same thing all the time exactly it would drive me nuts yeah exactly um so it's nice having having the different different places different environments yeah even within the same industry yeah yeah. Jeez, that was really heavy loaded. <laughs> but yeah, I guess um I don't know, I guess the moral of this episode. <laughs> what is the moral of this episode? Money comes and goes. Yeah. Money comes and goes and just make sure that you have some type of plan. And I think what we talked about earlier was really just... Not even... I don't know if plan is the right word. Not a plan, but... I actually, for me, I I find when I don't have a solid plan is when the most amazing things happen because it leaves... Not a plan, but it's like... Opportunity for the unexpected. We always knew we wanted to move somewhere else. A vision. And that was a plan. But we don't know what's going to happen when we get there. Or like Like, when I... When I moved to the city, I mean... So I went to college, too. I have my degree, and then I just knew in my mind I wanted to live in New York City. So after I graduated school, I just started bartending and I because I knew I was going to make good money, and I would be happy doing that instead of a corporate job or whatever. And then I moved to the city, but I moved without a job. I didn't really know anyone, and I honestly thought, actually, it would be easier than it was to find a job, and um, I didn't find one, I think, for... <laughs> I mean, I found a job. Like, I was I was making money, but I didn't find, like, something that I really was happy with yeah. until probably, like, a month into the move. And luckily, I saved enough that I wasn't stressing. I was smart about my shit. Um, but I do remember where I was mentally in that place where I didn't have a job. And I st- started kind of stressing about, well, what am I going to do, whatever. Mm-hmm. And... It was insane the way the universe works out and, like, how I ended up finding the job and just 
how things unfold, but I think it's because in The Alchemist, the book, The Alchemist, it's a great book. Everyone should read it. It talks about when you're following, when you want something so wholeheartedly, the universe conspires to give it to you. So when you know in your heart what you want or whatever, and you're following it and you're going towards that path, um, when you switch up your surroundings and when when you take a leap of faith, there's this thing that just happens with beginner's luck. And it's Mm -hmm. this, this time period when you've, when you've set out to follow what you're going for, where things start to kind of just fall in place to make that transition easier for you because you are pursuing what you really should be pursuing. Right. And I think that happened for me. And I was stressed about it, but then things just unfolded the way they should, and it was beautiful. And I think that's when I started really um, becoming more spiritual and understanding the signs and, and, and opening my eyes up more because... I've always, like, I was raised by really religious parents, um, and ever since I was younger, I don't know why, because it was always around me, and you would think that I would be more religious, I wasn't, mm-hmm. like, re- I was not a religious person, um, and I called myself spiritual for a long time, because I always felt there was more, I always knew that I believed in more, I just didn't know what it was, and I would say I was spiritual, but I didn't know what that meant, and I think... In the last two years, I started realizing what that really meant and, and what spirituality is to me and um, and just believing in myself more, you know, and the, the powers that I possess within me. And I, for the longest time, I, I, I've said that intuition is my religion. And just when you start listening to that little voice in your head or that little, like, feeling in your gut or that just what your heart is gravitating towards and towards and you, and you, life is beautiful, man. Word. Life really is beautiful. Yeah. When you believe in yourself. Yeah. When you believe. (laughs) So. That was a, who sung that song? Oh, gosh. Well. Mariah Carey and Whitney Houston. Yes. (laughs) <laughs> oh damn <laughs> love those love those girls yeah so, um but yeah i think i think i feel like that's enough for me today <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean i guess we could just end that on you know trust the process take that leap of faith do and trust the do. timing of your life yeah that is one of the biggest things that i've learned and i've come to terms with that I really thought about it, and everything that I've really wanted in my life, I have manifested. Yeah, I I have done. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I didn't want to live. I, I didn't want to live at home when I went to school. Like I went to school here in Danbury, but I didn't want to live at home, so I became an RA. I always wanted to work at MTV. I ended up getting an internship there, and all. And you know, I got the things I wanted, but then some of the things I wanted, I realized I didn't want. Right, and I didn't need, and I learned from them. And you. I think a lot of us get caught up in looking at other successful people our age and we're Mm -hmm. like, what the fuck? Like, why am I not there yet? Mm -hmm. Or whatever. But now I'm realizing, like, some of the things that that really successful people have, I don't even want. You know, I don't even want. And you got to trust that if you don't get something, it's not meant for you. It's not meant for you, you know? And And everything that's happened, and, you know, I've, oh, I I know I'm always going to reach the places I want to be. I know I'm always going to be able to obtain what I want when I work for it. Mm -hmm. I just have to trust the process and and trust the timing and not rush to get to the finish line and and know that the little stops along the way are going to form, are going to shape me and prepare me to be the person I need to be when I reach the levels that I need to reach, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Always have a vision, but understand that things are going to go, might go wrong. Or not as planned. And you, but you can adapt to them. Always. Always. As long as you always keep the positive things in mind. Like, if you just focus on all of the positive things and all the great things in your life, that's what you're going to keep getting. You know, if you don't take, if you don't dwell on negative stuff and and what you don't have, if you appreciate what you have. What you do have, the universe will just give you more. Yeah. 
I mean, that was in, um, I was just trying to figure this out. Um, the Martian, which is Oscar nominated. Um, uh, clearly it, you don't <laughs> agree with that. What? <laughs> that it's Oscar nominated. No, I don't understand why it's nominated for best picture. I swear to God, if it wins, it's just, I don't know if it'll win. No, I thought it was good. I don't think no, it's, it's best not, picture no. worthy. But. And he, I think he's nominated for best actor, which I don't get that. It was a good movie, but it wasn't like Oscar movie. Anyways, at the end of the movie, when he says like, when he starts, um, when he's teaching the class and he says something like, um, you know, you're going to plan for this, you're going to plan for that, but things are going to go wrong. And like the only way to get out of something that's wrong is you can't think about how to, how to fix the entire problem or come up with a solution for the entire issue. You just have to break it down and take one problem and solve it. And then you solve that one, take the next problem, solve it. And the way you come to solution is by solving all of these problems. So you can't look at everything like your life as a whole. You just have to take it day by day. Right. And every day is a problem or, or a pro- you know, and it's, a it's not a serious issue or yeah. a task, a problem, whatever. And you solve it or you get through that task and then you move on to the next day. And like, well, obviously always working towards your goal, but you know, you got to work. Yeah. And it's great to always, you know, keep the future um, in mind and all of that. But there's two things you you can't really control or change. You can't change the past and you can't really predict the future. Predict the future. And you can't connect the dots by looking ahead. You can only connect them by looking back. And I think that... That's why you always got to live in the present. Exactly. You just <laughs> focus on now and focus on what you can be doing better now. And, and that'll every- lead you. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, thank you guys for listening. <laughs> Wait, are we done? I think so. Okay. Or do you not want to I, be done? No, we can be done. I just want to say one thing. Okay. <laughs> Rihanna's album is so good. Oh my god, no, bye. <laughs> Stop. Why? Why end this amazing episode that we just got so deep Because it just came Rihanna. out and I've been listening to it all day and she Ugh. really transformed her sound and I just really appreciate it. And I just think it's really good and everybody should listen to it. That's all. Okay, yeah, I need to hear it. I, I will say, though, I worked last night and work, 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 work. Work, played, work, 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 They work. played it like five <laughs> work, fucking work, times. I do hate when they do that, when they just Dude. like out play it i hear you i nah. hear you and i'm a, and i th- i work in the nightclubs and i hear the same songs all the time and i think that might be the only one that gets like club play because the uh, the rest of the songs are not like like that you know so that's probably why I she mean, came it's out a with good that one song it but is like, but you're, why, it's gonna get like, played stop out dick riding <laughs> you know play it play it a couple times but fucking five times and when i i was like going to sleep hearing it in my head <laughs> Oh my god. But yeah. Anyways, yes. So cool. Shout out to her. I'll listen to the album. Okay. Eventually. All right, now we're done. (laughs) (laughs) But um, thank you guys for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Yeah. I especially would love to hear what you thought of this one. Yeah. Or what they thought of this one. Yeah, their feedback or Yeah, of course. Is it too deep? Is it too emotional? Should you know, whatever. Do you want to hear more of this? More funnies. More serious. (laughs) More funnies. Funnies. (laughs) Alright, guys. Okay, bye. Love you. Bye.